This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio in the Town Hall Academy, Week 338. We're ducking recruiting talent with a staffing agency. Ooh, how much fun that is. I mean, there's no reason to listen to this because we don't have a technician shortage in our industry. And it is not hard to find good talent. Uh, So glad to have you here. I've got a great panel. Let me introduce my panel to you. And oh, by the way, I'm the odd man out. I feel like, you know, I'm the man in the middle and I have an all-woman panel. And I think if you ever listen carefully to the podcast, you know how much I love to interview all-women. Now, before we turned on the recorder, I discovered that my mascara wasn't on right. I didn't do my hair. And there were a bunch of things that I failed to do before I turned on the camera. And the ladies taught me a great, great lesson. With me is Kathleen Callahan from Expertech Auto Repair. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, Carm. How are you? Great. What's going on in Florida? Is it hot down there? It is hot. That's all I can say. It is brutally hot here. You continue to win all kinds of awards, the 2022 Englewood Chamber of Commerce Board President Award, the Best in Automotive Repair Award Gold Level Winner, small category, cool stuff. As far as the industry, the 2018 Female Shop Owner of the Year from the Woman in Auto Care. Congrats to that. And you're a coach for Repair Shop of Tomorrow. Yes, I sure am. And between everything else, you run a great shop. How do you do it? I do. I do. And I'm a mom. Crazy. I'm going to sleep really well someday. The girls are college ready, aren't they? The oldest graduated with her BA in December, and then the little one is getting ready to leave August 18th and headed to University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Wow. Are you going to be empty nesting? I am. She made me get a dog so that I'm not lonely. That's great. I love that. Also with us is shop co-shop owner is Michelle Tanzi from Euroclinic Santa Clara, California, two locations. First time on the show. Hello, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Great to meet you. Same here. Thanks for being here. So appreciate it. Joelle Pollock is here, the co-founder, one of the co-founders of ProMotive. She is, uh, I would say, the client advocate, a friend of mine for many years. How you doing? Bills Mafia. Go Bills. Where's the football back there? Yeah. Josh Allen Wall. And the Bills Mafia. Yeah. She's from my hometown of Buffalo. And I cannot start a conversation with Joelle, nor can my daughter Tracy, without saying, Go Bills. So. Go Bills. Glad to have you here. And Amy Girardi, a co-founder, account manager at Promotive. Nice to meet you. I've heard a lot of fun. Good to have you here. Look, everyone, before we get into the thick of this really cool episode, let's give a high five to our great sponsors. You know, deliver cars to clients faster so they get their wheels sooner. And you have valuable time at the front counter. With remote payments, you also get your money sooner without having to chase down your debts. Just another reason to get shopware.com. Hey, trust in the aftermarket supplier that makes the parts that cars are born with. With over 100 years of OE heritage, Delphi Technologies Quality Parts gives you peace of mind. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. So welcome to Remarkable Results Radio, the Tunnel Academy, the gold standard of automotive service aftermarket podcasts. Look, I am so into what I want to talk about here as far as recruiting. Now, one of the big thoughts that I had, ladies, was we are in the do-it-for-me business, right? And there's this industry out there called the do it, you know, DIY, do it yourself. And it seems like so many shop owners are doing it themselves. They're hooking up with recruiting companies like Indeed, or they're not necessarily recruiting companies, but they're going to place ads or allow you to see resumes. And it's, wait a minute, I have to do really good marketing. So let me hire a marketing company. 
I am struggling with making sure all my books are in order, so I hire an accounting firm or a CPA. Why would I want to DIY my recruitment? And that just hit me as I was walking down the stairs to the studio today that this is what this topic really should be about. And let's get us to understand that there are companies out there willing to do the soup to nuts, the A to Z for you, while you concentrate what you do best, and that is to run the business. Yes, you're supposed to make the phone ring. Yes, you're supposed to keep a great staff. But for all of those areas, intelligently, the leader of the business hires people to help them get it done. So the pressure is always on to find great talent. Just think of the cost of not filling a position. I think, Michelle, you may have done some research, and I can't wait to hear you talk about that. But I sure, SHRM is, a, I think, an HR company. They talked about some ungodly numbers. If an employee makes $60,000 a year, then it costs an average of thirty to 45000 just to replace that employee. I don't know if it's true, and I don't know what industry they're talking about, but it looks like hiring is such an important part of the leader or the owner's job. So Kathleen and Michelle have both used Promotive to hire people, and they have some really great experiences. So my question to both of them is, why go outside of the realm of being a DIY recruiter, Kathleen? So I added two bays on this year to the shop and knew that I needed one more staff member. And I had had somebody in the wings for a while, brought him on in January, and then suddenly found two of my long timers decided they were relocating out of the area. Now, why you'd want to leave this beautiful Gulf Coast of Florida, I've no clue. But within a month, I had two staff members move out of the area. So I started to try to write an ad for Indeed. And let's be honest, most of you guys know me. My best and good use is out there marketing and talking to people and promoting my business and do it. I'm not HR. I'm not recruiting. And of course, I've known Joelle for years through her previous employment. And I thought, let me give them a call and see what they say. They're launching. Let's see. I'm kind of out of their market, their target markets. And again, like you said, we outsource CRM. We outsource our website. Some people outsource their bookkeeping. I'm a numbered nerd. I keep the bookkeeping and do it myself. So why would I not hire out something that is not a really good skill set of mine? So I thought, let's give them a shot. And we were incredibly successful and way better results than I ever could have even imagined. Or, you know, if I wrote my expectations, I would have way undersold myself. You know, I don't know about you ladies, but for me, if there's a crisis on the doorstep or it creeped inside, like losing two people, Those are some sleepless nights worrying about how you're going to make it happen. And and the other really important thing that I think we have to to think about is those technicians are responsible for X amount of revenue per bay. I don't care how you do your KPIs, but every single day you don't. It's the unhappiness of the customer base and it's the fact that you just can't schedule and you may lose a current client or a potential client to somebody else because you can't get to them. Ever happened to you, Michelle? It has. For us, I think the biggest challenge was to get to what we needed to do to maximize our lifts, we needed a certain type of skill. And like any shop owner, Kathleen can tell you, it, technicians are high demand. And the reason they don't want to or want to leave the industry is pay, benefits, and growth within the company, right? And we have to make sure that we continue to make ourselves attractive. And it just takes a lot of manpower to find those skilled technicians. Wow. So to be attractive, you also mean you've got to have the bag of cash, the profit in the company in order to pay them people. Yeah. And it goes back to so many things we cover on the podcast, culture, 
environment. I'm sure your shops are air-conditioned. California, Florida, they've got to be. And if you're not, Kathleen? No, it's crazy. So with the addition, I actually offered to air-condition the shop, and they said no. We were putting on a new roof last year because we had some storms prior to the hurricane. So, and I said, you know, if we're going to do it, this is the time. And they, they all said no. They'd rather just continue to work and not have to open and close doors all the time. And, you know, I was surprised as well. But nope, we have a lot of fans and we're a mile from the water. So we get a great cross breeze in here. So great breeze. Michelle, you guys uh, air conditioned? Not at our current location, but I'm in, I'm in Silicon Valley. I think the hottest we'll get is probably like 85, maybe 90 on the heat wave. And Kathleen has been to my shop. It's like beautiful in there. The new shop will be just because it's a sheet metal building and we are insulating and we are adding AC out for the guys. And yeah. So Joel, you get a phone call from Michelle and she says, uh, shop number two is coming on and I need people. And so as a staffing agency, that's when you just wrap it up. Yeah. So what happens there? And again, you know, staying at work, what we do is we partner with shops, right? I mean, we want to be an extension of their team. And when they do open a second location or someone does leave them, that they call us because we're going we're gonna to take the heavy lifting and do all the sourcing and all the vetting and present them and save them all that time, right? So that's where Amy and, and her team really focus on working with the shops once they have an open position for new shops to learn what exactly they're looking for, what their culture's like. So think of it as like a shop interview, right? So that we know what kind of person, character, culture, what the pay, what the compensation is, because, you know, we can't just get a call and say, hey, we need a service advisor, but okay, are you looking for a seasoned one? What's their pay structure? What's the bonus? What is it? Is it based off of gross profit? And What's the salary range? So those are all of the things that we focus on before we get to work. And again, it's a, you know, quick call or long call, however much time that, the, that we need to get the answers so that we can pass it on to our recruiting team to get to work. So the recruiting team gets to work on this and you help write ads. The client approves them? Yeah, exactly. Just to back it up a bit, I've been in staffing for over 16 years now, so I'm actually seasoned in staffing, but new to the automotive market. So a little bit different than some of the ladies here, uh, but it's been really exciting for me to learn this industry and, you know, really understand the need here. And that's what's really driven me to start this company is, is really taking the service that we give to many other industries and bringing that to the automotive aftermarket space. So that's what we're looking to do. So we really try to understand what the culture of the company is, what's important to the company. What's going to be important to Kathleen is a little different than maybe what's important to Michelle. And so we try to get to understand the shop owner and not just the shop, but also the clientele of that market and who they would be interacting with and, you know, what's going to be important for the types of cars that they're servicing and things like that. Sometimes the shop owners will have a job description that we'll use, but most of the time we will write a job description for them and get it up on all of the various job boards that we use. We also take it to our passive network. So a good example 
today with Kathleen, because she and I have been working together, we've been keeping in touch with candidates in her market, even though she may not be actively looking for a new position. And so we have filled all of her jobs, but we've also been keeping in touch with the candidates in her market that may be open. And when the timing is right, we're actually sending those candidates to Kathleen. We actually sent her somebody yesterday and uh, she's going to have a conversation with that person. Sometimes that'll be proactive to potentially fill something down the road. And other times it may be just timing works out and we're able to fill a role. So we are uh, focused on those urgent needs right now. But also many of our clients want us to continue to t send them candidates that fit their profile as we're sourcing their market. Hey, stop guessing and get working on the next car or the opportunity to buy a second shop. Now, once you can see through the fog of numbers coming at you all day, you use less brain power to make better decisions. Start with reading the gauges on every bay and every tech with Shopware's Capacity Dashboard. Now, it makes it easy to see where you can squeeze in one more repair. Then, get an overview of every business metric in your shop. Build your reports your way so the numbers that drive you jump out at you whenever you need them. Even if you add more shops to your operation, all the numbers end up consolidated by location or any way you want to slice and dice them. You're in control every step of the way, customizing as you go. Get a clear view. Get more profits. Get Shopware.com. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. I just have to tell you that I think in two or three years, we're going to sit down with uh, fellow shop owners. And we're going to say, so who's your accountant and who's your coach and who's your staffing company? I just think it's going to be part and parcel and attachment to why it's so critical today. Growth, opportunities to add stores and the competitiveness of the marketplace. And I love that always be recruiting. Now, are you texting, emailing? Are there any ghostings going on? Amy, I'm just curious on that, that connection thing. Well, I always tell our clients, you know, we're in the people business, so we can't control everything, right? You know, some of the things that happen to our shop owners happen to us too. But I would say the biggest difference is when we've 
sent a candidate to one of our partners, we've talked to this candidate multiple times. So we're not just necessarily looking at a resume and sending them over. We're talking to them once, screening them, understanding what's important to them in a new shop, why they may be looking, what are their motivations to make a move, things like that. And really, Sometimes we're screening those candidates out. You may not see those candidates. Our goal is to send you a few candidates that meet your requirements and hopefully save you time on the back end. So yes, we are calling candidates. We are texting candidates. We are emailing candidates. We're talking to candidates after hours, multiple times before the interview, preparing them for the interview, the day of the interview, making sure they show up. Sometimes they don't show up even though we do all that, but we really try to partner with our client and let them know what the responsiveness is of the candidate. If we're seeing any red flags on our end during our process, we're letting the client know that as well, and they can determine whether or not they want to move forward. But as Joelle said, we're really looking at this as a partnership, as an extension of their shop so that you guys can spend time getting out there and marketing your shop and getting the business in. One of the big key components to securing those great technicians is making sure that we have enough business for them to be busy. They want to be busy. They want to work. And so if you're spending your time, all of your time recruiting, you may not have enough time to be doing these other things to help your business thrive. Yeah, so that's where we step in. And, and and again, we just really try to make sure that we're partnering together. Communication is key. You know, we text each other, the shop owners, late at night and your lunch. You know, Michelle gets early morning texts from me. I know kind of when your availability is just to make sure that we can coordinate together and get the process moving because time is of the essence always in these types of jobs. Excellent. Thank you. for You've really helped us uh, figure out uh, uh, so much of how your process works. Michelle, I want to go to you. When you're looking at finding somebody, always be recruiting, a name comes over your desk from, from Amy. And you notice that, that this could happen with or without a staffing agency. Believe you me, with Indeed, ZipRecruiter, and it's from a local shop on the, on the fringe of your marketing area. But you know this person pretty well. Do you pick up the phone? I will. Yes. There is some sort of like integrity behind it. First, I want to know like why he's trying to leave. You know what I mean? I think that any shop owner will take the phone call. I think if we say we're not, it's not a malicious way to take it. But to me, for example, I'll share a story. We are really popular with dealerships in our area. Ownership comes from the dealership world. We have relationships with dealerships of all Euro brands in my area. And we send them warranty work when we have to. And it's an understanding. You get the warranty work, don't sell my customers anything. It's a relationship. I buy parts from you too. One of our friends reached out to Bernard over an ad and they say, I can't believe you guys are trying to poach your technician. And I said, I'm not actively poaching your technicians. They're replying to ads. They're replying to conversations they're having with a hiring agency that we're working with. Instead of blaming me, I think that you should look as to why they're trying to leave. I think it's unfair for different shop owners to get upset when employees, you know, technicians or service advisors or CSRs are trying to leave to find a better place for employment. Like I mentioned before, the industry is changing and it's up to shop owners to do that. We need to be more modernized. We need to pay better. We need to offer benefits. We need to offer culture where these employees are going to thrive. 
And skill level technicians or a seasoned service advisor is looking for opportunity growth. And we have to become that organization. And it's unfair if they're trying to look for that. And we say, oh, I'm not taking the meeting because he works for a competitor or a, a shop in my network. I'm in a bunch of shop owner networks. I think once I meet with them and it's going to be a conversation that I want to make a job offer, I think it's as they go to have a conversation with the shop owner or the service manager at a dealership. Michelle, Kathleen, someone sits across from you in an interview that uh, was gotten to you from Promotive and uh, you're kind of doing your first interview, even though Promotive has really, if you will, um, made some fine wine out of some grapes for you, right? You ask the question, however you want to state it, however legally it, it gets stated about the fact that uh, are you looking to get more money at the current place you were at? So many people, they come here, they get your offer, they go back and they stay. And you did all, spent all that money, did all that time, and they don't stick around. What's your opinion of that? And is it happened to you often or much? I can say that working with Promotive, so the initial transaction, obviously, I was in a dire need. I needed two people very quickly. And so the people they brought, really, it was a culture check, a culture and attitude check by the time they got to my door. because. They don't just talk about work history and skill sets and chat with these people, but Promotive already takes care of the salary range that they're looking for. They've already had all of those conversations before you even get their resume. So for me, it took all of the tension out of the interview. And all we had to do was check for culture fit, attitude fit. And then, of course, my staff and the, the team ask questions and really kind of check to make sure their skill set is there. But beyond that, it was a one interview and either I'm ready to go or I'm not. Again, this is a, a time saver. They've done all the pre-interviewing for us, right? So, you know, just like marketing, we're not hunting, we're farming. And Promotive is out there farming for me. And yes, they served my initial need, but it was comical yesterday when Amy sent me the email. She's like, I'd like you to take a look at this. She was just literally in my shop on Friday and visiting and seeing that I'm pretty well staffed up, you know, and it's summer is slow for those of us in Florida because all our people, it's too hot for people here. They're all in California with Michelle right now, enjoying the beautiful balmy weather. And so we're a little bit slow. That's what we plan for. It's like your winners in Buffalo. And so she saw that we're pretty status quo here. And she's like, well, I just like, I'm going to send it to you, but just look at it. Right. So she's farming for me. Oh, I love that. She's farming for you. She's farming rather than hunting for me. But no, so I, I'm not having that experience at all where I feel like I have to ask crazy questions or we have to negotiate salary or anything like that because they've already done it. And I think with the pre conversations, my perception, and you have to check obviously with Amy and Joelle, but is that they're going to weed those people out that they're just looking to argue for pay. Because look, I may not pay you the best hourly rate, but my benefits package is amazing. And, you know, you only work Monday to Friday, eight to five. I am not a hard person to work for. We all get along really well. We're a team and we're a family. You spend more time with me than you do with your own family most of the times. I have to do a little left turn here to Joelle. When she says it's already taken care of, do you talk benefits of that specific shop with the candidate? Oh, yeah. So that initial intake call that we were talking about earlier is that's where we get in depth from, you know, whether it's flat rate or hourly or salary or how the bonus is structured. 
and we're going through, okay, what does your vacation look like? What is your health benefits? And it, all of that is captured up front before we get to work. And then once we get to work, I mean, we're weeding out hundreds and thousands of resumes that don't fit that specific shop's need. And then the other thing that we didn't mention too, so we talked about job descriptions and we'll help if the shop needs that. But when it comes time to, you know, the shop Kathleen or Michelle has interviewed, we'll go back and forth that play that middleman on the negotiation. So maybe it's $30 an hour, but the candidate really wants $32 an hour. So we're taking care of that negotiation on the shop's behalf. We're writing the offer letter on the shop's behalf if they need it. So it's not just the job description. So it's truly full service. And the goal is to get them one interview with the shop. Now, of course, every shop has their processes depending on the level text. And, you know, maybe there's a half day working interview and, and you know, the shop's process is the shop's process and we're going to adapt to that. But what we found is when we're driving 90, 95% of that process, placements are getting made quicker and the right placements. We just interviewed recently Phil Carpenter from Avalon Motorsports and we talked to him about his hiring process. It was a really great interview. And one of the things he said is he didn't want to have a group of people coming into a particular shop that were dropping off resumes or getting ready to sit down for an interview because even if they didn't have an opening, you know, it sends a message or a signal what's going on inside the business. Because if you were not only growing and if you were replacing someone, we all get that. But if you were looking to upgrade in some particular way, you hired a staffing agency like Promotive to help you with it. You don't want a litany of people walking in and out of the shop by then people saying, hey, what's going on here, boss? Maybe I should shop my resume. Do you think it's important not to have that cavalcade of people coming in and out of your shop looking for work? No, I have to say for me, and I, I see Michelle shaking her head, my staff knows that I'm constantly recruiting. Now, before I had the services of Promotive, was I doing a great job of it? No, but I always had an ad out there. What if somebody moves from Montana and relocates to the area and they see my ad on Facebook or, you know, wherever, you know, just a, a little tiny little ad is, they go, hey, you know, I'm new to the area and I want to pick you first, right? So no, my staff knows that I'm constantly recruiting. I'm not always hiring. You know, again, you never know when one of your staff members is going to go, hey, you know what? I decided I'm going to buy a cabin in Tennessee. I'll give you two months notice. At that moment when they gave me the notice, they quit that day, right? Because mentally, they're no longer there. The comebacks go up. The mistakes start to increase, you know, so they've already quite quit you. We've been dealing with that in this industry for years and years. So, you know, but always recruiting. And you better pick that up and know it. Right. Even if with the best intentions, once someone's given you their notice and they're moving on to something else, even if they're your best friend and your buddies and you have beers on the weekends together, they've already quit you. They're no longer part of the team. They're going to start to extract themselves. So I think having a company that's always out there looking for, you know, same thing. You're, I'm doing it with my marketing every month. That's automated. These guys are just simply making sure that they stay. And my name of my shop is staying in front of all of these people. So if they know somebody that is relocating or isn't happy, you know, how many techs only know the one tech themselves? They all know other technicians. And so if their buddy's unhappy and they know my shop is a good culture shop to work at and my benefits are great, you know, the boss takes us out for dinner once a month, Michelle Tansy, you know, and we all have a really good time. 
why wouldn't you want to investigate that? So absolutely, I'm always recruiting and I do not hide any of that. Michelle Tanzi, uh, dinner once a month? When we hit goal or we surpass goal, we do a steak dinner at a local steakhouse with spouses. And actually we hit goal. We hit 200K in June. We surpassed it. It was 200K. And we're actually, our steak dinner is tomorrow with spouses. Everybody dresses up to the nines. And I noticed that we don't just buy in. My whole goal for technicians or any staff that works for me is to retain them. And I think that's a big misconception with shop owners or startup shop owners. I know Kathleen would say, we don't just want to hire somebody, put them on the rack and have them bill out hours. I want somebody to stay there. If I lose a guy, it's going to cost me $45,000 to $50,000 until I replace him. And I think that's where Promoter came in. I wanted to touch a little base on what Joelle was saying with Promotive. The, the fact that they do these salary conversations, I used to pride myself on being the closer, right? I'm like the closing negotiator for stuff. And I actually, me and Amy worked with the last guy and they got me. I told her, you guys are doing fantastic, but you know what? I want to close him. Like I wanted, I wanted Amy to give me this. I want to close him. It was money, right? And it was like, he is a entry level tech, wonderful character. He's now been with me now 60 days. The kid has flourished. And it was an argument about, I, I want to say two to $3. And I told I could have paid him. It's not about money, but I told him, you go to the dealer if you're hourly motivated, you're going to go to the dealer. They're not going to put you in the middle of a master tech and a lead tech. The expectation is going to be for you to do oil changes and speed. Give me 30 days. I'll bring you down a little lower and I'm going to put you between my foreman and my lead tech. And he just told us on his 30-day review that it was the best move he has made. But he was glad that he made this decision to come over. It's the exposure to the different brands, the exposure to the time that we currently have. And they do all your homework, you know, I'm going to use a sport reference. I know Kathleen's using Farmia. They carry a bench for us. I'm huge on sports, right? So for me, if I call Amy, she already has like three people or four, three, four, 10 people she can send me. Now I started using them even more smarter. I said, I now I need skill, you know, and she'll send me different people. And then I go, oh my God, I love him, but I don't have a space for him yet. Put him on my bench. And when I do have the space for it, we'll call. And it's building that relationship. I do feel 100% that Promotive it is a, they kind of work with us in a sense. I love that they interview and it's not just the best interest of us as the client, but they also have the best interest for the candidate. They want to do that perfect match, not just for us, but for them. The goal here is retention. It's not just hiring somebody and keeping them for 90 days. The goal for them is to make sure that the candidate has the experience that they want to with the stuff they want to be matched. You know what I think about when you pay money to a partner like Promotive, you're not committed to the long term. You've just wasted money. And I think that changes the perspective on, I just bought a clunker car and who cares if I hit a shopping cart? Oh, I got my brand new Mercedes. Stay away from it, right? There's a lot more value there. So I love the farming reference. I love the creative bench reference. And last night, Joel and I were talking and I came up with a new reference from the movie. What was it called? You want me on the wall. Yeah, you're right. With Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. And Jack Nicholson is up on the, uh, he's testifying. And part of this really long monologue that he had was, you need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. And to me, that should be the subtitle of Promoters Advertising, meaning we'll help build your farm club. Oh, that's it. We had the sports and the farming together. We'll help build your farm club. You need us on that wall. You want us on that wall. 
no different than a CPA and a CRM and a marketing person. I mean, I think, Joelle and Amy, you've probably entered this industry at such a prime time, and I think no different than the acceptance of DVI, everyone, how long it has taken for so many people to want to get on board. But once they do, they see the super, super value. And yet you talk to the DVI companies and they say there's only about a 30 or 35% acceptance rate. I mean, I think you guys would be happy to get 35% of the industry working with your company. Yet, and oh, by the way, Joel said to me the other, because it's it's a fairly young and new company with a you know wonderful, uh, brilliant team but they're hiring every day if they have to in order to keep up with the pace and the demand. Thank you for nailing down the amount of money, Michelle, that the place is in stagnation if we don't bring on somebody. But you two both seem to be in this Christmassy world where the stuff, it's percolating for you. And the confidence that you have to bring on somebody isn't going to be that long and daunting task. It's almost in a short. Well, and if you think about it, you know, Michelle had touched on like somebody leaving another, we'll call it a competitor, right? A dealer competitor or or partner or what have you. Michelle, honestly, how many of your technicians, if Amy or one of the team over at Promotive would call them and say, hey, I got your name from somebody. I heard you're a good tech, not realizing they work for you, of course. How many of them would leave you? I would have wanted nobody. I'm that confident. I am that confident as well. You came to the shop. You met Ricky. You met all my staff. Kathleen was over here a couple months ago. I tried to get them to come to Florida. They would not. Ricky is our foreman at the time. Very popular gentleman. Constantly on LinkedIn. Even Portia was just trying to recruit him. And I told him, go to the job offer. Go to the interview. You know, I encouraged them to also see other opportunities. They'll promise, hey, I'll pay you $60 an hour because that's how much technicians make in my area. I told him, go. The expectations are different working for an organization like myself and then an organization like them. They really don't have any control to pay them what they have to seek packages and stuff. So again, I'm reverting back to we have to work in the aftermarket industry to continue to make ourselves attractable. We have to put out that money. I wanted to touch bases on, I I think it was Joel who was talking about people... Shop owners not understanding how stuff works. You know, it's the same thing with marketing. I talked to Amy about this at the very beginning when she interviewed me to start recruiting for me. People will blame the website people for like, I'm not getting enough car count. Well, I mean, their job is to get you the phone to ring. You have to check your staff to make sure that you have the proper person answering the phone. The same thing with us. Amy's and Joelle's and her team's job is to find the candidates that we're looking for with the expectations that we're setting, but it's the organization's job to keep them happy. I'm not going to call promotive and blame them if, like, I did a job offer and I'm not meeting up to my expectations or my part of the job offer. And it's hard to understand. It's a modern thing to do. Well, it's kind of like dating too, right? Yes. It's like brilliant because if Amy goes to either one of you and says, hey, they just won't stay. You're doing some things wrong. Is that a little push, Amy? Are you being almost a little too pushy? Or are you just trying to say, listen, we're doing all this work for you, but they're just not going to stay because we've already tried two candidates and you've had these issues. I mean, to a particular point, you almost have to become, you know, the mom or the dad or the Dutch uncle to your client. Yeah, exactly. And we actually have those types of conversations throughout the process, I would say. So 
our job, you know, it's interesting because we do work, even though we're fairly new to the market, we work with shops all over the country and we see various pay structures at different shops. We also see different benefits packages, different cultures. But I would say that because we have the ability to talk to all different types of shops about what they offer, what their culture is like, how they pay technicians. And then on the flip side, we're able to have these open conversations with candidates. What are you looking for? Why are you looking to move? What is important to you in a new shop? Because we're having those conversations on the front end, our goal is to educate the shop owner, not only in, you know, what the technician is looking for, but what they can do as a business to make their shop more attractive, to help them with their offers to close the candidate. Michelle uh, said perfectly for her, she's got the negotiation down. She will close the candidates. A lot of the time, we step in and we help to negotiate that offer with the candidate in the shop and kind of play that middle person. Here's what they're targeting. Here's what's really important to them. Let's see if we can make this this happen and then educate the shop along the way. So I've had many shops that we've worked with that have tailored their compensation structure, that are looking differently at their PTO and maybe their hours and things like that. And so even if we're not able to make the placement happen, which is our goal, we should be able to add value to that shop in helping them to understand their the competitive landscape and how to attract and retain technicians. Wow. Well said. This was refreshing and interesting. I learned so much. I mean, I pulled away so many, if you will, little gem cherries that I always say that fall off the tree. And this was great. Joelle, last word, anything that you wanted to cover, but we didn't get a chance to. I think we touched on a lot of, obviously, our process and what we do. And then, I mean, hearing from Kathleen and Michelle, well, that's what the listeners want to hear peer to peer, right? They don't want to hear us talk, but I think we hopefully did a good job of just high level taking through what we do. And I'd say, you know, you mentioned the beginning, technician shortage, right? And I think when we were really starting this conversation, is there a business here and, and where do we want to go? We looked at the technician shortage and we said, okay, not one person or one company is going to solve the technician shortage, right? It's all of us working together. But we figured, okay, if we can at least retain some of the good talent out there that may not be at the right home, it's at least a step in the right direction. So again, Michelle said that we're looking to do the right thing on both the candidate side and the shop side. And we're only feeding that person to the shop if they're excited about what that shop is offering. And we feel confident to work with a shop and partner with a shop that are doing the right things. So it, that's where that initial conversation and intake call happens. I'll just kind of wrap it up with there. I appreciate you having us on here. And again, we're just over, just over 90 days into this thing. And I mean, it's been a lot of fun. We hired two new recruiters, a digital marketing person. I mean, we're growing quickly and it's been a lot of fun. Good for you. I got a question about colleges, guys, uh, to Joelle ever recruit right out of college? The reason that I say this is I, I'm on advisory board of our local college and here come the young people getting ready to graduate. And I believe they should enter shops with this title, not a GS, not a C-Tech, but a production apprentice. And to me, 
that is a job description and a title that goes way beyond I'm a mechanic and I'm going to work for Kathleen shop. I'm going to work for Kathleen as a production apprentice. So if they don't know these young people, they haven't, if you will, forged the waters of even to how to get a job except to maybe look at Indeed or whether the social media. Would that be something, Joel, that you should maybe consider? We actually are. So, and it's funny you say that, that, you know, thinking of different titles and names. I know you love your title, Carmen, super creative, but, you know, we were looking at automotive engineers and just different words and stuff when we were building this thing out. But what I'll say is I, I sit on the ASC Education Foundation Board and there's over 1,500 accredited schools out there. There's technical schools. So in certain markets right now, for more of those shops that are looking for those entry-level positions, we're just now starting. Again, there's thousands of them out there, right? And we got to crawl before we walk, walk before we run. But we're now starting to make those connections because a lot of it is grassroots for the shops. And you guys don't have a lot, a lot of time to maybe sit down in advisory boards and get your foot in the door. And a lot of them are going to dealerships because that's where they're all fed. So we're doing what we can. And it's just the start right now to really start making those connections. You're right. And Michelle summed it up perfectly. They're going to dealerships, they're going on the rack, and they get bored to tears. And in many cases, when they work themselves out of the dealership, they don't even come back to the independence because they never knew we existed. And so they're going to so many of the DOTs and, you know, HVACs and forklift operators. They're just going to places that we don't get a chance to grab. So I think, Joel, with the connections that you have, it would be so cool to take their top 10 students from every single class and interview them and potentially help them with a resume and build your bench of uh, young production apprentices for our industry. I think it's another thing that I think you could actually so excel at is, yeah, you want to find me. Give me the top best diagnostic talent you can find. But we, as everyone knows, we've got to grow our own bench. We've got to build our own apprentice program. So there's so much great stuff going on in my mind and I'm sure in our listeners' minds. So Wow. Can't wait to get to Kathleen and Michelle. A quick minute, Amy. What's up? Yes. I would just say one thing that we realized when we started this, we didn't realize how much interest there would be in not just technicians. And as you said, not just those A-level master technicians. So when we look at the jobs that we're supporting across the board, we've placed a lot of service advisors, entry-level service advisors, experienced service advisors, we do have several shops now that are building out their apprentice program. And so we're actually on the ground floor promoting that apprentice program with that shop, taking high school grads that are looking to enter into the market. So we've been filling those types of jobs, B, C, A level master technicians. So a little bit of everything. I think people sometimes think we just do technicians, but I did just want to clarify that we do anything and everything automotive and we specialize in the aftermarket. So our goal is to not just, you know, fill jobs, but really promote the industry as we're talking to all different types of technicians that come to us. Wow. Perfect. Thank you so much. Kathleen, you go. I'm jotting notes down as as everybody, you know, like your pearls, right? Another point is the dealers are not training technicians like they used to, right? Some of these younger, lesser experienced people are getting there and they are literally getting stuck. They're not advancing. They're not being sent to training. They're not because the training is expensive, right? They're not doing in-house training like like they used to. I think that's been a big shift. The aftermarket has actually really leaned into 
providing training to all staff members, service advisors, customer service, you know, telephones, technicians, general service, tire techs, all of them. We're doing more training in the aftermarket now than the dealer's not doing it at all. You know, Kathleen, when it's out of warranty, you just keep replacing parts until it starts to work. When it comes over to the aftermarket, we got to go in deep. Right. And here's another reference for you. You know, a doctor works on humans, but a vet works on all kinds of animals. And we're like the veterinarians. We work on all the makes and models, except for the Euros. I don't want any of those. Michelle can keep them. But I don't have a Eurotech, right? Amy and I talked about that on Friday. She's like, yeah, so you didn't want any, a Eurotech. I'm like, no, no, there's plenty of Euro shops out there. I'll stick Asian and domestic and that's good. But it is, we all have our piece, but we had this discussion in the shop today is when you pull a technician out of a dealership that's been a Honda or a GM tech for 10, 15 years, and you put them in the independent aftermarket, that's really hard for them. They can make the transition most of the time, but that's really difficult. It's very intimidating. They don't know what they don't know, right? But if they start in the aftermarket and then decide they want something a little more stable if they move to another area or what have you, they don't know what they're doing. A dealer's always going to have cars to work on, right? Aftermarket is too, but they can always go anywhere, right? So I use the example of HVAC people. In Florida, HVAC companies will train every entry-level person coming in the door. They'll pay you to train. Then you could take that. My boyfriend's nephew went all the way to Chicago, didn't even pre-interview, walked in the door and got a job because he already had a skill set that they desperately need somebody to do. They did have to teach him how to work on furnaces because that's not a skill he had when he went, right? But he was 50% trained. So I think that there's a lot of knowledge that we have the opportunity to spread and Promotive is doing that in the entire industry, right? Yeah, I just can't speak enough. I thought, oh, I don't know. My market is a little obscure. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere. We're stuck between markets and was just really surprised that they brought us people that were not necessarily happy where they are. And the joy that they have now is sometimes worth more than the money. So get dealers step up their game as they should. As they should. What a wealth of pearls, as you call them, that have dropped from your tree. Thank you so much. Uh, the last word, Michelle Tansy. For me, I wanted to touch bases. I think I don't for any listeners that you guys have on your podcast that are shop owners, a lot of them are like money focused, right? How expensive is it going to be to hire a promoter to get me a technician? And to me, it's like, it will be more cost effective for you to do so than spending your own time. I did math. I'm expensive. I'm the CEO of our organization. And my assistant at that time, Jenny, our manager, she's expensive too. We did the math on paying subscriptions to Indeed, LinkedIn, the time that I was spending. And it was costing us $95 an hour. And I was spending two hours a day. She was spending two hours a day. That's four hours a day. I think it got to like $1,700 a week that it was costing us to actually be doing this. And we weren't even good at it, to be honest. It's like as a shop owner, you got to realize what are your strengths? Where am I going to add value to my organization as being at the new build, moving my team? I don't even have the skill sets. I am not a hiring manager. That's Amy's job. You know, that's her skill set. That's what you're paying for. A lot of shop owners are going to focus on like the big number, right? To get this candidate in the door. And to me, it's like, you need to do math. You know, you're focused about paying, I don't know, 7,000 to like 10, 10,000, depending on, on the skill level for a technician. And it's like, it's going to cost me $45,000 if I don't put some money in the lift, plus the money 
of me not doing what I should be doing because it's time consuming and I'm trying to do this and I'm paying all these ads. I actually don't even have an Indeed anymore. I think I canceled it last month because I can just text Amy. Amy, I'm looking for somebody. Right now they're recruiting for me four technicians to, to fill by fall that I won master techs and two more by the end of December. And they're recruiting for me a service advisor. And they did two placements that have been fantastic, perfect matches. And it is my job now to do my part and to continue to grow my organization and provide benefits for my employees in order for me to retain them. It's not their job to retain them for me. And I think that's a big, big misconception in our industry for any other companies that you hire from marketing to bookkeepers. It's like you hire them to do a specific job. We need to understand that it's not, we don't hold them accountable for not us meeting the expectation. And I think that is super key that I wish that our industry turns that mindset around. I couldn't have written that any better. What an incredible summary. This was great, ladies. I always love to hang around. Ladies, uh, Kathleen Callahan from Expert Tech uh, Auto Repair. Michelle Tanzi, of course, great, great summary. Thank you so much. Joelle Pollack, uh, co-founder of Promotive, and uh, Amy Girardi from Promotive. Listen, I learned a lot. I think this is the, the future of how we're going to be able to fill our ranks and keep our places. None of us have really talked about the client experience and the, and the happiness of our clients and the growth of our revenue. But everything is all about having the people to do that job. And if you're going to go shorthanded and be depressed for two months and you take out the yellow pad like Michelle did and started to realize what it really costs to use your time to recruit, the fact that you're probably the worst interviewer in the world, and if they can fog a mirror, you hire them. Michelle or Amy and Joel, you don't have a fog the mirror requirement, do you? You know what? I, I no. think my biggest weakness is that I see potential in everybody. I do. So that is my biggest she weakness. She totally does. To me, it's like I'm hiring. I'm looking to staff a master technician and then I'll meet with somebody that's probably like a B-tech, like already a great parts changer, but he's trying to move. And I'll fall in love with him. And it's like, oh, my God, I love developing people like that. That is my like weakness, right? That it's like promoting yes. junk to keep me focused. Hey, you're <laughs> looking for this. This is what we're <laughs> supposed to be looking for. Listen, stay in touch with me. Let me know what's going on and how this continues to be a really powerful part of your program as shop owners. And, and Joel and Amy, uh, keep in touch. Good to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.